0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I feel like I wanted to start today's podcast by using the Simpsons line where they're parodying The Shining. No TV, or, no TV and no beer make Homer something, something. No games and no, I don't know, I guess I can have TV and beer. Make Dan a very dull boy. That's the original Shining. Uh, it's Tuesday, everyone. Good day to you all. Happy Christmas Eve. No basketball today. I, I, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm stir crazy. I might have to clean and organize some stuff. Plus, you guys know I'm your friendly neighborhood Hebrew over here, so I I mean, I'm really, I'm really in a creek. I don't know what to do. Make a reservation at a Chinese restaurant, but that's about all I got. But of course, uh, Jewish Christmas Eve, Christmas Day jokes aside, a very happy birthday to my lovely wife, Jessica. I'm not going to give out any ages on air, but it's the same as mine. We're old as dirt. And welcome to the show, everybody. Fantasy NBA Today is the name. I'm Dan Baspris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Another fat thank you to everybody that keeps rating and reviewing the podcast. I came at you guys with it uh, a few times recently, and you have responded in kind. I am incredibly grateful that so many of you have actually done what I requested. It's actually fairly remarkable because... It requires, I'm asking a favor of you guys, and you're taking time out of your day, and we're up to 391 reviews. Remarkable. I just, I'm over the moon. I'm over the moon, guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, If you haven't done it yet, please do so. I'll just keep bugging you. Uh, The podcast app on your mobile device or iTunes on your computer or find your friend's iTunes computer or find your friend's mobile device and do podcast. Search for Fantasy NBA today. Click on the show title, scroll to the bottom. Uh, If it's on your app, that's where you can fill out the review. If you want to write something, even better. It's super nice of y'all. If you don't, that's also fine. Those five-star reviews, they power us up the leaderboards. And that allows us, particularly, this is the... I'm not going to get into this too much. Um, The reviews and subscriptions are what sort of places your and ranks your podcast and it's really when the ramp up to the season, when people Google or search in their iTunes or search in their podcast app for Fantasy NBA, who's going to come up? Well, if we have a ton of reviews and subscriptions, it's going to be us. So it might not pay off tomorrow, it might not pay off in February, but it will pay off in September, October. Every year, it's, it's, the, it's the theme. It's the plan, and so that's why we need you guys doing that stuff. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are the best. Uh, Let's talk about the Monday card, and that's all we got. I mean, we can give a little uh, Christmas Day preview, but we're going to have a Christmas Day episode, so I feel like I don't want to cut into what we're going to talk about on tomorrow's show. Just five games. So today is going to be all about Monday review, and of course we'll tell you about my bookie at some point in the podcast. I don't know when it'll be a surprise. You'll just have to stay tuned. Monday was fun, though. 11-game card, uh, keeping it fresh, lots of results. We were mostly watching injury stuff, and so we'll pause and we'll remark on on the games where that came into play. Toronto, Indiana is one of them. No Malcolm Brogdon on the Indiana side. He was a late scratch. Uh, Jeremy Lamb was a late addition, but it didn't parallel the way that you thought it would. Actually, the starting lineup didn't really change all that much. Aaron Holiday stayed in, but he got to play point guard instead of shooting guard, and that's really good for him. I don't have a, a great feel for how hurt Malcolm Brogdon is, but we've seen it before. When he's out, Aaron Holiday is a pretty good streamer. I am not going to say go pick him up. Indiana doesn't play again until the 27th. That's Friday, so he's there's a decent chance he's back. Brogdon is for that one. Um, but obviously you can stay tuned to that. And of course, when Brogdon's out, you're going to get more TJ McConnell, who has quietly been a really nice ultra deep league kind of dude. 20 teamers, 30 teamers, stuff like that. He's been very useful. Uh, I would know I have him on my 30 deep team, which by the way, I forgot to celebrate yesterday. First place, baby. First place past our good buddy, Josh Lloyd, who I'd been trying to chase down for a while. Uh, I still don't know how this happened, I'm facing off against one of the other top teams in the league again this week. Two pretty good ones, actually. Kind of a 500 team and one that's like 40 games over 500. So good luck to me. It's going to be another tough one. Uh, But that's pretty cool, and that's unrelated to anything. Uh, Toronto side is the one I wanted to focus on. Guys, I'm going to start waving the winner's banner here pretty soon. I mean, we got a long way to go with everybody hurt for the Raptors. They're in keep the boat afloat mode. But once again, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, this is an overtime game, by the way, played 37 minutes, Chris Boucher, 14. Is it clear which of these two gentlemen has the quicker path to fantasy value? Is it clear which one is getting more minutes? We talked about it a bunch on the premium show yesterday, the uh, weekly lineup show, how I I felt really good about starting Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I thought he'd see 90 minutes this week at least, and he's almost halfway there after one overtime game. He saw a bunch of extra time with Patrick McCaw in early foul trouble, and then he just sort of stayed on and played. Serge is going to do a lot. OG, Kyle Lowry, Freddie Van Fleet. They'll find ways to win some ballgames. The fact that they were this competitive with a good Indiana team, even without their entire roster, is pretty amazing. Van Fleet, Lowry, OG, Serge, these guys are going to put up huge numbers over the next couple of weeks, if you have any of them. And then, obviously, now... I think we can say between the two guys, Rondé and Boucher, Rondé's the guy. That's why I put it out on Twitter. That's why I planted my flag in that one and just said, hey, I know everybody else is telling you to pick up Boucher. I'm telling you guys to pick up Rondé. They trust him more. Simple as that. I know that Boucher has the better fantasy game, but you have to be on the floor for it to matter. And so I think we're going to call this one a win. We picked the right guy, and not many people did. I told you I'd be willing to take the L on this one if it looked like it was coming, but it doesn't so far. Maybe it'll flip-flop over the next couple of weeks. It just doesn't look like it. So feeling pretty good about that prediction so far. Chicago at Orlando, Jonathan Isaac. Brilliant performance, 13-9, 5-4, and 3. Awfully close to a 5-5, actually. A, uh, a steal and two blocks away. And he's been fantastic. Uh, He's actually been better with Nick Vucevic back. It just seems like he's settled in. He's number 25 in nine cat leagues, managing to hang out in that range. I do think he finishes more towards the the 30s. I think he falls back a little bit here as the season wears on, and and you sort of stress the the longevity aspect. But he's going to be a hell of an ADP beater, that's for sure. Vooch was not very good. He missed a bunch of free throws in this game. Uh, Fournier has slowed predictably, but he's been okay overall. Chicago side, Tomas Sadaransky continuing to play well in his recent uh, surge from just outside the top 100 to uh, a bit more inside of it. Where the hell is he right now? It actually depends on what website you're at. I've got him ranked 108th on Basketball Monster, and I think he's like 98th on Yahoo. Same formatting. In any event, he's a guy that needs to be owned. He's he's a must-start guy. Uh, Chris Dunn, same story. You know, he's getting three to four defensive stats every game. Zach Levine had a bad shooting game overall. He's been better lately. Orlando does play okay defense, so we can put a little bit on that. Bulls just tend to get a little bit exposed as the game goes on. Larry Markkinen was not good. There's no sugarcoat in that one. Neither was Wendell Carter Jr. Big guys for Orlando just beat him up. But uh, no real value changes. Terrence Ross got hot, by the way, and that'll happen from time to time. But no value changes on either side in this ballgame for me. Philly-Detroit, 125-109. This one was not as close even as the final score would indicate, although you did get normal to minutes for most of Philadelphia. They're trying to keep Joel Embiid's minutes somewhat in check. I think the opportunity to, to... you know, get him a little bit healthier as the season goes on. And, of course, that's hurt him now. Thanks to the fact that they are depressing his minutes. Uh, You're seeing him play just about 30 a ball game. Still, uh, when all said and done, he's number 12. You know, he's still up there in the first round category. He's played 26 games. It feels like he's missed more games than he has with these weird little illnesses. But overall, he's been a really solid guy. I feel like people are more frustrated with him than they should be, which is one of those those moments when you're like, maybe I can go get this guy. Right? That's the way you should be looking at it. Embiid, right, basically right on the turn, uh, number 18 overall in totals, because, uh, again, he has missed a couple of ball games, And, you know, you, you look at how many games teams have remaining as well. That should be part of your calculus and whether or not you're going to go get a guy. Uh, for instance... Boston has only played 27 games. Sixers have played 32. So that's a reason maybe to not go get that guy. Uh, That is a reason to go get someone like Kemba Walker, who has a crap load of games left. Most games remaining of any team in the NBA, there's somebody in the West that's only played 28, and I'm blanking on which team it is right now, but I know they're floating around someplace. Who the hell's the team that's only played 28? Somebody help me out. Mavs are at twenty-nine. Nuggets are at twenty-nine. That's somewhat on the low side. Thunder twenty nine. What am I what am I missing here? Someone's at twenty eight that I'm forgetting. Boston's at twenty seven. Maybe there isn't one. Maybe I didn't mess this up. Well, anyway, if one of you guys finds it, you can throw it in my face. Uh but Boston's played. Far fewer games than everybody else in the NBA. You should be trying to get these guys, because they're going to have a bunch of four-game weeks coming up, especially if you can get a good one. I mean, that's a big deal. Think about it from this perspective. Uh, If you traded, let's say, oh, I don't know, um, who's near Kemba Walker in the rankings right now? Trey Young, he's close to him. Trey Young's close to Kemba in the rankings. Hawks have played 31 games. You could make that trade and get four games extra from a top 25 guy. I'd probably do it. Who else is in that range? Brandon Ingram? You're not going to get Kemba for Brandon Ingram. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge made a flying leap up to number 18 with his giant game. We'll get to that in a moment. You could throw him in the direction of Kemba Walker, perhaps. I mean, it's I, I know that there's a... A bit of a a stat change. Spurs are only at 29 games, though, so you don't get a a massive bump there. So look at some of the other guys in that territory. Jokic, I'd rather keep Nikola, even with the game's shave. Look underneath them, too. Uh, What about Nick Vucevic? How many games have the Magic played? They're at 30. Okay, maybe you get three extra games that way. So this is a way to look at it. It's something you can do if you want to try to steal an extra three or four games out of a top 25 guy. That's a big deal. Difference between 57 games remaining and 50 52 sorry no i guess yeah that makes sense um in any case i think i was getting some of the math wrong on that one let's see 52 games 55 yeah 55 games for kemba versus 50 yeah it's it's a 55 versus 50 that's a big deal at the end of the year math on the fly not great dan not great Anyway, we got off course here. I was talking about Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris bounced back nicely. He'd been on a, a little bit of a mini slump. But one massive game, he jumped from number 50 to number 38. And I'll tell you why I still like Tobias Harris. And I know you guys like, guys oh, he's so boring. What a snooze. Uh, he just doesn't miss games. He's incredibly durable. He's number 17 by totals because he's played in all of them. He's played in all 32 games for the Sixers so far. That's a big deal. Durability. And I have nothing to complain about on that front. He's been very good. He's been everything that we hoped for. I think we said, uh, I don't I actually don't remember the exact numbers, but my rankings were on totals, and right now he's beating that mark. Again, number 17 in totals. And I know what you're thinking. You just did a whole speech about how they've had more games played than other teams. Yeah, that's true, but he's played in all of them. Durability is a skill all of a sudden. Sixers are fairly predictable. Uh, Firkin' Corkmaz had a pretty good game off the bench. Josh Richardson was a little bit slower, but in general, you're just starting the starters on this one. Detroit had Andre Drummond come off the bench because he missed shoot-around, but he was fine anyway, and he's been trending back up again as well. Uh, Drummond at number 13 on a per-game basis. Now that Avocado Gate has finally come to a close, good to... Uh, get him back into the mix. He's number four by totals, by the way. Missing a couple of ball games really hasn't hurt him very much. Uh, Drummond has still played in 29, and he's been spectacular. Great totals numbers, those whopping rebounds, steals, block stuff. Derrick Rose is going to put up pretty good numbers as long as Blake Griffin is either out or playing at like 20% speed, which is the case here. Uh, Luke Kennard missing a game also gave Derrick Rose a little more usage. Not that he needed it. Uh, Christian Wood played four minutes in this ballgame, so he was back on the court. I thought he was still going to miss another couple, but that gives you all you need to know. The fact that Blake Griffin is barely alive and Markeith Morris is Markeith Morris and Christian Wood still only plays four minutes tells you he is way down the pecking order. It's just too early, guys. It's too early. I know that there may come a time when he needs to be on a fantasy team. It's just not yet. I think the only way you get away with that is in a weekly league where you can stash him for real, for real, for real. I mean, I'd rather have somebody with, you know, I'd play pick somebody up each week that has a, a large number of games if you're trying to max out in a weekly format. Uh, and even in a games cap roto spot, our games cap is above 82, so I, there's really no spot I can just stash someone with a big question mark like this. It's not like he's done it before, you know? I've done it for like a couple of weeks on a Pelicans team that puts up huge numbers all the time. Whatever. Uh, Atlanta-Cleveland, the return of John Collins went well from a fantasy perspective. He had 27-10, two steals, two blocks. I mean, he could be a top-25 guy the rest of the way easy. Trey Young looked fine in this one. Not much change for him. And Kevin Herter looked really good. That maybe was the most interesting part of this whole deal. Uh, There's actually a lot of interest in this particular ball game. So let's slow it down for a moment. Collins and Trey Young, those guys are the easy ones. Herter, I said it on the on the last podcast. I was really impressed that he came back so quickly from the reaggravated shoulder. And it looks like they're just going to roll him out there for big minutes. This by the way happened despite foul trouble for Kevin. He had to come out after about 5 minutes in the first quarter or he probably would have been up in that 35-36 minute range. At least 33-34. So you might have even seen a little bit more. Good to see him getting the shots to drop. The steals are up. I don't know if that holds, but frankly, we just, we don't really have the portfolio on this dude to say this is precisely what his fantasy game is. It could be changing. It could be evolving. The lack of assists in this ballgame was not my favorite. I still would like to see him do a little bit of that running of the second unit, but you're not going to complain when a guy gets you three steals and five threes. Uh, He's a must-own, must-start guy. You could consider benching him against better defenses, but I think you just trot him out there at this point because the minutes are going to be huge. DeAndre Hunter scored 23 in this ballgame, but the rest of his fantasy game is severely limited, and we keep talking about that. All he's really doing for you now is scoring. Fine, if that's what you need, but the other stuff has been bad enough where I don't see the purpose. He's on a bunch of teams, too. He's like, he's 31% owned in fantasy league, way more than he should be, given the fact that he's number 222. That game yesterday was not really a good one. Funny thing to note, right? When a guy scores 23 points, he wasn't even in the top 100 of guys that played yesterday. 110, according to uh, Basketball Monsters ranking list. Uh, three rebounds. Meh, I mean, 40 minutes, three rebounds, that's a block. Okay, missed two free throws. Uh, He doesn't shoot three ball all that well, doesn't rebound well, doesn't assist well. I mean, there's just a lot to dislike. This is one of those situations where a guy's going to get thrown into the mix on fantasy teams, and he's going to hurt clubs more than he helps them. And frankly, I'm fine with that because I don't have him, so he's just dragging other teams down. And I'll just roll past you in the standings here wave at you as DeAndre Hunter sags your team. Uh, Cleveland made a trade yesterday. Jordan Clarkson was shipped off to Utah for Dante Exum, and the world sighed in disinterest. There have been a few questions that came my way. Uh, Kevin Porter had a pretty good game in 23 minutes. He has a better fantasy game than some of these other guys. But it seems like Darius Garland is probably the quickest path to extra minutes, and his fantasy game is not very good. He had 21 points and three three pointers yesterday in 26 minutes, which is fine, but one rebound, one assist, no defensive stats is not great. And he's another guy that I think is going to be overpicked up and overowned as a result of this. He's now 21% owned. Thankfully, that's not that high because his fantasy game also kind of stinks. No defensive stats to speak of at all. Horrible field goal percentage. And if he's going to start taking more shots, yikes. So no thank you. Uh, I'm not picking up Dante Eggson. I don't think he's going to play all that much. Although if he does, he has a better fantasy game than the other guards in Cleveland. I just, I just don't see the minutes being there. And then on the Utah side, Jordan Clarkson definitely not going to do enough there. If he couldn't do it in Cleveland, he's not going to make the fantasy radar in Utah as the 5th, 6th, 7th option. It's a good pickup for Utah. They do need a little bit of punch. And they got rid of a guy that they weren't playing anyway. But, yeah, it doesn't change anything. Colin Sexton was decent in this ballgame at least. And, no, by the way, to answer your question on Kevin Porter, no, I'm not picking him up. I know he had 15-9 with a couple of steals. is a good ball game on good percentages. Uh, but 23 minutes, this is, again, before Exum shows up. 23 minutes in this current iteration, that's just not enough to get it done. Washington is beyond injured. To call them injured would be the understatement of the century. Uh, Bradley Beal took 38 shots in this game. He was wildly inefficient with them, but they won somehow, uh, largely thanks to Troy Brown Jr. and Gary Payton. I know. I know. We've had a weird time in our lives. Uh, Troy Brown's been playing pretty well overall, actually. He's been pretty good uh overall on the year he's number 131 and since everybody got hurt in Washington he's been hovering just inside the top 100 he's number 80 over the last couple of weeks and it, and it's because there there are holes in his game as well I think he gets more credit for certain things than he deserves number one he doesn't hit many three-pointers I know he hit two and so in a lot of people's minds it's a what have you done for me lately thing and you're like oh this guy hits two three-pointers a game Uh, eh, more like one more like one a game uh, if you look at him, he scored 45 points over his last two games. you like, hey, this guy scores a little bit. Nah, you know, even with everybody out, it's really more like 13 or 14 points. Rebounds have been pretty good. He had seven assists yesterday, but he actually had zero in two games in a row before that, and he got his first steal or block in three games. So those numbers actually aren't that high either. So this is me picking on a guy unnecessarily, just to say he's still really more in the streaming department because when IT comes back, that's going to knock out usage When Bertans comes back, that's going to knock out usage. Uh, Rui Hachimura is going to knock out usage. Mo Wagner is going to knock out usage. Thomas Bryant's going to knock out. All of these guys are in front of Troy Brown in the who gets to take shots pecking order. So I don't... And we don't have a ton of information about when certain guys are coming back outside of IT, who we know is suspended for one more game. And by the way, he needs to be owned in your fantasy league because he was really ramping up his usage prior to the calf injury, and then now prior to the suspension. He looked really good in the four games in between. (laughs) Shame on me, shame on you if we couldn't wait long enough in between those times. Uh, But as those other guys come back, and we don't fully know exactly when that's going to be, it's going to push dudes out. Gary Payton for sure is going to get pushed out. Troy Brown is going to get pushed more to a 3 and D type role, which not even that much 3. It's really more like Reeb and D. And, you know, okay percentages. And then everybody else, I mean, who are these people? So, no, I mean, I'm not that excited about it. If you're in a deeper league, it, he, he should definitely be on your roster. And he is, in for me, in a 20-teamer. But overall, you're pushing your luck a little bit. Meanwhile, Julius Randle finally had his first truly good ball game of the year. Really, truly good. This is like the first one where you could say there were no glaring issues in this game. You could almost say there have been two decent ones in a row, but this one was really good. He had four three-pointers. He had two steals. He had a block. Uh, He's been better over the last couple of days. I, of course, sold very low on Julius Randle just to get his god-awful percentages off my roster, and now he's going to try to make me pay. Certain things can last. Certain things cannot. Uh, The fact that he's hit his free throws the last two games, you know that's going to level off, although... Certainly it was lower than his career mark coming into this stretch, so maybe he's due for a little uptick. He's not that far underneath it in free throw. Field goal percent kept saying it's, it's got to come back at some point. Is this the start of it? I don't know, but I will say that Alfred Payton in the starting lineup is helpful for all of these guys. I don't know why the world seems to want Frank Nilakina to play so badly. He's just not that great. Sure, he can play defense, but who cares? Great, you hold your opponent to 115 instead of 120. You still have to score 115 to get there. Uh, R.J. Barrett uh, was was more efficient than usual in this ballgame, but I, I don't care. Damian Dotson played 27 minutes in this game, but a lot of that is guys were mixing and matching a tad with Marcus Morris out with his uh, sore Achilles, so, no, you're not buying into that. You're not buying into Alonzo Trier playing 19 minutes, Kevin Knox at 27 minutes. None of that is of any real importance. I think the only stuff you need to think about, first of all, Mitchell Robinson by low window is officially shut with a six-block ball game. That'll do the trick. Uh, he's now number 50. Didn't take long, did it? couple of good ball games from number 110 to f- number 50. That's it. That's all it took. So that buy-low window is gone. Hopefully you guys were able to get him on the ultra-cheap because he's been outstanding lately. And he's getting more playing time. Huzzah. Huzzah! Confidence goes a long way, ladies and germs. And I, I believe those block numbers could actually keep going up. From 1.9, you could see him in the mid-twos, and he could be on his way to a top-40 season when all said and done. Pretty amazing, huh? Pretty amazing. And then Alfred Payton, who played 30 minutes as the starting point guard. He only had five points, but he only made two out of his eight shots. I think most of the time he'll hit three or four of those, so you're looking at more like seven to nine points. Seven rebounds, 12 assists. I mean, everything was inflated against the Wizards, but starting point guard jobs don't grow on trees, as I've said it before. He obviously has some big issues in his fantasy game, such as bad percentages, doesn't hit the three ball, turnovers are probably not going to be that low. But if he's out there for starters minutes, he'll be a top 100 guy. You know, he'll get you your nine points. He'll get you your six or seven assists, maybe more even. Up close to two steals a game, that's always been a spot where, when he's healthy, he has excelled in that department. We've seen him in stretches where he wasn't. Namely, Phoenix, New Orleans, didn't get many steals, but he did with Orlando. Those per-36s there were not that much shy of two 36. So look for a lot of steals, look for decent assist numbers, meh, scoring, no three-pointers. Hopefully he doesn't take many free throws because he's bad there. And let's see if he can get his field goal percent back up into that 45 range. But yeah, there's a level of excitement around Alfred Payton that I don't fully match. Like, oh, he could be a top 50, top six. No, I don't don't think that's happening. Not with the holes in his game. But top 100 point guards, those are solid. And assists are hard to find late in the draft. Utah at Miami, this is a good ball game. Heat ended up winning it uh, largely thanks to a few extra free throws that they had go in. Bam Adebayo has been outstanding lately, actually making more, not all, but more of his free throws. And he's rocketed now to number 41 in 9-cat. It's been like four games in a row where he's hit 75% of his foul shots or better. And the other stuff has been great all season long. So, you know, if you can weather that free throw shooting storm, he's been... He's been brilliant. Jimmy Butler slowed down a tiny bit. The assists have uh, tapered off. I I mean, it's going to be an ebb and flow of a long season. He's still averaging 26-6 and on the year uh, and one of the best steal rates. The 43.5% shooting I'd love to see come up. Again, a guy that doesn't really take three-pointers, you want to see that number a little bit higher. And if that one levels off, then we're golden. I mean, that's the difference right now between him being a mid-second rounder and a turn guy is getting the, the field goals to drop. But after missing a few games, first thing uh, for the birth of a child, he's been very durable, so, I mean, complaining about it is silly. Duncan Robinson had foul trouble in this game. If you're looking to maybe buy low on him, this would be a time to do it because uh, he'll be back and ready to go in the next one. No real updates on the Utah side. Uh, they cut Jeff Green who actually played 18 minutes in this ballgame before they waived him. I got to think he's ending up on the Lakers. Maybe not. Maybe there's another spot for him. But, uh, yeah, nothing interesting on the Utah side. San Antonio, they're playing better all of a sudden, guys. Uh, Don't look now, but the Spurs are the nine seed in the Western Conference, which probably means more than it – or means less than it sounds like because the top six teams are at least six games over five hundred. Top seven teams are over five hundred. And then the fight for the eight seed right now. The Blazers are 14-17, and and they're a game up on the Spurs and a game and a half up on the Kings, who've lost four in a row, and two and a half up on the Suns, who've lost seven in a row. Yeah, that's a mess in there. You are absolutely right. That is a mess in there. Uh, But the Spurs are very much in the thick of this thing. We figured the Blazers and the Spurs would be in the mix. Neither one of them has been that impressive. Spurs, I thought... Have looked a lot better over their last couple of ball games. It's not, it's it's imperfect. Uh they had who the hell did they lost to a pretty good team in there? Uh Clippers. They got beat by the Clippers. They lost the Rockets in a tight one. But really that loss to Cleveland on the 12th seems to be the moment where they started to wake up a little bit. Prior to that, they were they were hovering. What I like about a lot of this for San Antonio is number one, as long as they're fighting for that playoff spot, I don't know that they're gonna blow the team up. I think that would go over poorly with the fans. Number two, Dejounte Murray being healthy has seemingly given them a little bit of a boost. They've got a tough one at Dallas coming up, but then they handle Detroit and Golden State, so they should go two and one in their next three ball games. Oklahoma City on the second is a winnable ball game as well, though they're you know they're better, but it's that one. It's a home game, so I, I imagine it'll be tight. Uh, Derek White played relatively well, but only twenty minutes, so he remains a drop for me. He and Murray continue to split the uh, point guard minutes. Trey Lyles got some extra run in this ball game, but that's not something you're buying into. Simple fact is the stars for the Spurs, if you want to call them that, played better. LaMarcus Aldridge was stellar in this ballgame. 40, 9-5, three blocks, three three-pointers, and he is now number 18 on a per-game basis in nine category leagues. Give me my LaMarcus Aldridge love. Give it now. Hmm. Digging it. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, good ball game. He double-doubled with 10 assists. Um, and then of course you got Murray. Uh, those are the three guys I, I trust on that team at this point for Memphis. They got blown out. So the minutes were a little bit, uh, cockeyed. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Missed all four of his free throws. That was pretty weird. No blocks, but at least he didn't foul out. Jonas Valanciunas, 18, 12, good percentages, three assists. Uh, after kind of a bumpy start to the year with the foot thing and and the uh, miscellaneous off days mixed in there. You guys know where he's at now? You know where my guy JV's at? Just inside the top 70. Right where we wanted him to be and trending up. The 73% foul shooting, by the way, should actually come up for JV. So he's on his way to even better numbers now that he's settled in all is well with the world. JV looks like JV again. You got your guy. Everything is cool. Brandon Clark got 21 minutes in this one. That's all he really needs. Low to mid-20s. It uh, wasn't a great ball game, to be fair. I mean, Memphis was getting manhandled by the Spurs in this one, so not many guys did have a good game. JV uh, JV, really the only one. Um, but like I said, I'm I'm good with it. Clark's gonna be fine. He's gonna trend up as the year goes along. Just keep rolling with it. Denver beat Phoenix in a tight one. Nikola Jokic is rolling these days. He, I really, again, I feel like, I feel like Anthony Davis woke him up. Denver's a pretty easy team to handicap at this point, so we'll just jump right over them. Phoenix is a weird one because Deandre Ayton is still out. We sort of were preparing ourselves for his eventual return. Now they just shifted Aaron Baines back into the starting lineup, and he was meh. Had to deal with Jokic. That's a tall order. Kelly Oubre's been decent, but uh, had a poor shooting night. Devin Booker is regressing hard. He's number 38 now, basically falling like a boulder since he came back from the forearm thing. It's possible that his arm still hurts. There's a very real chance that he's still dealing with it and trying to play through it because the Suns are... Uh, tumbling in the standings with the seven losses in a row. But whatever it is, we knew he wasn't going to shoot like 53% for the whole year. And the lack of defensive stats and high turnovers, you sort of have to keep all the other stuff very high. And so now he's been falling a little bit. This is, we, we mentioned it earlier that for Booker, it was a little bit of a sell high when he was hitting that crazy clip of shots. This is a little bit of a buy low should anybody realize that he's gone into this possible injury-related slump. I don't know when Aiton's coming back. He's been a pain in the butt. New Orleans, a victory on the road at Portland. I don't think anybody should be surprised that the Pelicans are better with Derek Favors on the floor. It should not be a surprise at all. Suddenly, I mean, they have a, a slightly easier stretch of games here. Eh. Give or take. With a win at Minnesota and now a win at Portland, they lost at Golden State in between there. But here's the part... That I want to stress. Derek Favors has played 57 minutes in those last two ball games. He has 22 points. He has 23 rebounds over those two games. He's starting to look like himself again. The minutes are trending up. He played 30 last night in Portland. I don't think they had any indication, or I don't think they wanted to play him 30. It sounded like Alvin Gentry wanted to keep him closer to 27-28, but they found themselves a winnable ballgame, and so back in there he went. And I think you're looking at uh, probably a top let's go 80 with some upside with some upside uh looking back at last year's Derek favors and I don't know that he takes as many shots in his time on the floor on, on like a on a per minute basis, but he got ten shots up yesterday he got eight shot ups shots up the day before so if you put him in that nine range, then you put him at uh two years ago Utah where he averaged 12 points, 7 boards, 1.8 combined defensive stats, and he was sort of hovering in that 80 range. If somehow he's playing 28-ish minutes, the rebounding could come up because there's no Rudy Gobert in front of him. He's not logging a bunch of minutes of power forward on this Pelicans team. He's at a big man spot. So maybe... You take the permanent numbers from Utah in the pre-Gobert era, which you got to go back like five or six years now. But in that stretch, he was averaging more like those same-ish, 12-ish points, but more like nine rebounds instead of seven and change. So that's a very real possibility. And, and I don't know if this is going to hold, the 2.1 combined defensive stats he got last year, you might see that shift more towards blocks than steals. If his minutes are exclusively at center with New Orleans, as we believe they are. I don't know when Zion's coming back. I don't know how they're going to mix and match bodies at that point. But they need Derek Favors. His screen setting is enormous. His rim protection is a very big deal for them. Uh, and I think at the very least, you can call him a top 80 guy while uh, Zion is out. So, must own, must start. And that's lovely. That's lovely. That's lovely. Uh, Brandon Ingram still playing well. Uh, field goal percent has leveled off a little bit here, but he's still you know cruising along in the top 30. Uh, I still think it's a sell high, but make sure you're getting something good. J.J. Redick, I think his numbers are going to be perhaps even better now with favors healthy. Uh, he only played 25 minutes in this ball game, which is less my favorite. Ewan Moore stole a bunch of minutes from Redick and Josh Hart. Cool. Uh, and then Lonzo Ball, I mean, he's almost a drop at this point. Someone's got to get hurt if he wants to get any action. Portland was just on. They were snoozing in this ballgame. They were snoozing. They got caught with their pants down. Damian Lillard wasn't ready to go. He missed all of his three-pointers. I think he went 0 for 10. Uh, Carmelo looked good. Coming back from his knee contusion. And then Kent Bazemore, 7 the usage rate. Three shots in 31 minutes. That just won't do. He's got to take a few shots. There has to be a way. I'm comfortable with you guys moving on, which is a sad thing to say because he's getting 31 minutes and his defensive stats, the upside there is through the roof, but you got to have a higher than 7 usage rate. You got to get that up into the into double digits at the very least. 10, 11 would do. 12 would be great. 14 would be outstanding. But 7? Nah. Houston winners on the road at Sacramento. Good to see Daniel House getting things going a little bit. 14 points, a steal, a couple of rebounds, and four three pointers. Slowly he's coming around. He's still on my bench, but he's getting there. PJ Tucker played forty minutes. Oh, House played 32, for those of you worried about his minutes going away. They're they're not. Uh and then, you know, Harden and Westbrook. They've been they've been rolling lately. Houston looks good. Sacramento once again got a good game from Rashawn Holmes, 12 and 13. Five turnovers not a great look, but two steals, a block, three assists. Trevor Ariza played bigger minutes with Bogdan at Bogdanovich out. Darren Fox looked good with 31 9 and 6, but missed a bunch of free throws, which we were very worried about coming into the year. But the point of all of this, I mean, we can list all of their numbers like a box score breakdown show. Couple of key things with Sacramento. Number one, Buddy Healed starting to get pissed. Starting to get irritated with the offense. And you've probably seen it in the bruise letter. Aaron's talked about how they're just not running at all. They're playing slow. And that's killing Buddy Heald because he needs to get out and get open in transition. They're not finding him in the half court. They're not finding him or he's not moving enough or some combination thereof. So he's getting annoyed and he's starting to vent his frustrations and that's going to create tension uh, Marvin Bagley played 23 minutes as a starter in this game. I'm sure that's going to create some tension. Nemanja Bielica is still playing 29 minutes as a bench guy, but he's in there and he's just chewing up a whole boatload of minutes. So you kind of have to hold on there to see how long they want to keep using him as a floor spacing for sometimes three. I mean, he's a he's a tire on legs, but his fantasy game is pretty damn good I I know that a couple weeks ago I said you probably were the expectation for me at least was that Bielica would lose his minutes first but it seems like they're trying to give minutes to everybody and that might be hurting everybody in the process still Holmes is absolutely a guy you hang on to he's been fantastic even since Bagley came back Bagley you're hanging on to I don't like Harrison Barnes I never really did very boring fantasy game uh, Darren Fox is useful. Buddy Heald is going to be fine. They'll figure this out. He just might not hit his same field goal percent as last year. And then, Bielica, uh, you're holding on there until we see how this thing finishes shaking itself out. Minnesota Golden State, the last one on the docket. The Warriors with a victory. The Timberwolves lose their 11th ball game in a row. Ish couple thoughts on this ball game but first I want to tell you guys to check out our buddies at mybookie.ag they are back with us here at Hoopball proud sponsor of all 10 of Hoopball's current podcasts and our 11th show coming just shortly after the new year that is a very exciting new show coming along uh you got football if you want to bet on that you got basketball if you want to bet on that you got premier league if that's your thing you can do parlays You can bet partial games. They've got it all. They've got it all. My bookie's got more lines and better odds than any other sports book. And they care. This is the thing. Uh, We've been able to work with them closely to get this partnership figured out. I know Aaron actually worked with them when he was making his initial deposit. And they care. They have a marketing arm that will actually get in touch with you. A real 24-7 customer service team. That's so important with a place that's handling your money. So important. Again, it's mybookie.ag. Head on over there now. Use the promo code. The word is TODAY. Promo code T-O-D-A-Y. When you open your account, they will give you a 50% bonus up to 1000 bucks. Promo code is TODAY. T-O-D-A-Y. Go to mybookie.ag. We'll be telling you about it every day, all the time. No games to bet on tonight, which is kind of a pisser. Uh, but we'll obviously tell you about Christmas Day. Got some thoughts on that on tomorrow's podcast. So big thank you once again to my bookie. Check them out at the very least. Give it a, a once over. And if you're going to open up account, make sure you use either our uh, connecting link so they know Hoop Ball sent you, or the uh, the promo code today. Gorgie Jang is a fantastic streamer. While Cat is out, that is my only thought on the Minnesota side. Uh, other than Jarrett Culver is beyond overmatched by the NBA right now. I don't care about Jordan McLaughlin. He played almost the entire second half while they were getting beat up. For the Warriors, Alec Burks has has maintained somehow. And I've said it a bunch of times, I really like Willie Cauley-Stein. I think he's super underrated for his fantasy game this year. His defensive stats have been terrific. They've always been pretty good, actually. You know, he's always been a guy that could get both steals and blocks. Uh, But he's doing it in the block department more this year than he had in previous seasons. So 2.6 combined steals and blocks right now. And the minutes are actually kind of trending up for him. I don't know if that's health, or just trying to put a couple in the win column, which they have, by the way. They've won two in a row. Uh, But he's played 29, 23, 28, and 30, his last four ball games, And that's really the first time he's gotten up in that neck of the woods for more than one or two games in a row. And not surprisingly... You know, the rebounds are up closer to seven over that stretch. The scoring is up closer to 11 or 12. Uh, And the defensive stats are huge. In those four games, he has six blocks and nine steals. Draymond Green has been a top 75 guy here since he's been playing over this game, this 10-game stretch we were telling you guys about. He only missed one in there, and that was after the overtime game. D'Angelo Russell was better in this one, and uh, Damian Lee played 28 minutes. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. I was not expecting any one particular guy in Golden State to really kind of push in front of the other guys. And if it was anyone, I was thinking, you know, you might see Eric Pascal if they went a little bit bigger. But it turns out it looks like they want to go with more of a three-guard, you know, wing-ish lineup with Lee, Russell, and Burks, and then Green, Willie Cauley-Stein as your front court. And as a result, Damian Lee is kind of a good rebounding guard, had 14-7-3 with a steal, and a couple of three-pointers. I will tell you definitively, I don't know anything about Damian Lee. I couldn't even tell you who he was coming into uh the last couple of ball games. He was with Atlanta, Warriors picked him up. Last year he played 32 games and averaged about 11 and a half minutes a game and no one ever really noticed. Uh this is an opportunity for him. And in Atlanta in 27 minutes a game 2 years ago, he averaged 11 and 5 with 1.3 steals and a three-pointer. That's not quite top 100. So I don't know that we should get too excited yet. But in terms of a guy you could scoop up in a slightly deeper format, that would be an interesting name to watch because it seems like he's jumped over some of the other guys. And that's your show today, guys. We don't really have anything else to talk about, and gals. Uh, No games tonight, so no homework. And we will have a show for you tomorrow... Christmas morning, we'll we'll release it like a present under the tree that you'll have before the games begin. And I know this is we're really setting the bar on this one because the games start first thing in the morning. But we'll have that ready to go. I think 9 a.m. Pacific time is when uh, Boston-Toronto tips noon Eastern out there. Uh, so in all likelihood, we'll we'll probably try to get that one released in the middle of the night. I haven't plotted it out quite yet. But uh, we will have a show for you on Christmas morning. So we'll get you some gambling thoughts, some fantasy thoughts on that one. Folks, uh, take this time here on Christmas Eve to thank everyone once again for tuning in all season long. You guys are the best. I am at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter. I'm assuming we're all basically going to be doing family stuff today uh, with no games on the docket. Thanks for listening to the pod. We'll talk to you Christmas morning. So long, everybody.